life. Infinitely fragile, and yet often deceptively mundane, somehow in the same space. Or more like the same time. Time. The most precious currency we have, no matter how hard a bargain you drive, you can never get it back. We trade it for people and power and things, hoping that in the end we'll understand what it means to live. But sometimes the end is a surprise, one we couldn't predict or expect, regardless of all our calendars and notifications, there are still some things beyond the reach of our front right pocket. So, if the author of time and of space stood before you today, and with the words of his son, he told you that your soul was required of you, not this night, but in 35 minutes. If your heart was laid down in its proverbial deathbed and you had this one final opportunity to leave a word of wisdom and of passion with those you loved most, what message would burn inside you worth the finite breaths and fleeting moments you have left? That when you choose Christ, you are free. And the only human beings on this planet that are truly free are those whom he has chosen and they have responded. I'm telling you right now, he chose you. How can I be so confident? Because when he died on the cross, every person in this room, every person who has ever lived, your sins were forgiven. Now you merely need to yield to his call. And he's calling you. There's at least one person in this room that's going to meet Jesus at the end of this service. I'm telling you. It's your day. If your heart's pounding, you know it's you. He's called you. Come on. In my last breaths, the thing that I would impart to my children, whom I love. I don't just like them. I love them. I would tell them the most precious gift is this truth that no matter how messy they are, no matter how inadequate they feel, that when Father God looks at them, he sees his perfect creation and neither height nor depth, nor demons, nor pain, nor sacrifice, nor sin can separate them from the precious love of God. That is in my last moments what I would give to them. I'm telling you right now, you can't smoke your way out of God's love. You can't drink your way out of it. You can't sin your way out of it. You can't stumble your way out of it. You can't fall your way out of it. He loves you. And when you understand the truth that he loves you, from that place of security, knowing that he loved you, he called you, he picked you, he traded his life for yours, from that place of security, you get to be the most authentic and messy version of yourself that's real and true. And no matter what he finds out about you, he will never leave you nor forsake you. And that is real love. 
In fact, I would submit to you that real love cannot exist until you are fully known. Because when you are in a relationship with a person here on earth and we call it love, it's really just the need to be loved. And we are often afraid that if they knew the real us, that they might walk away. So real love is the type of love that is so secure that you get to be your worst version and the commitment holds true. I'm here to tell you Jesus is never going to quit on you. He called you. He loves you. He died for you. <clears throat> when I was prepping this, and by the way, thank you, Pastor J.O. and Radine, for inviting me to speak. I'm just a person that goes to this church. I, I, I just am so lucky to go to this house. My wife and I, we chose this house. We picked it. I got a prophetic word. I was sitting right there with where the guy with the black hat backwards is. I was sitting in that chair on a Saturday night. I had a small home church at the time. I was pastor for many years. I don't know why I'm telling the story. I've never told it for the other services, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Um, I think it's because J.O. and I look like we called each other and matched today. <laughs> we didn't. <laughs> Some people can pull off the double denim. He's throwing the double denim. I can't pull it off. It's a fashion thing. Did you know that? You can wear denim on denim. Did you know that, fashionable ladies? Right? Not everyone should try to pull off the double denim. There's some people in North Idaho that pull it off accidentally. They're like, I don't know. Everything I own is jeans. Okay, well, this is different than a fashion choice. I don't feel like I can pull off the double denim, but J.O., he pulls it off. But anyway, I was sitting back there, and on Saturday night, and and J.O. had a word and a sermon about what the church ought to look like. And in that moment, I knew he was speaking to me. And my, my, uh, I bet he was speaking to a lot of other people, too. But sometimes you feel like he's just talking to you. And my wife and I made a decision that night. Like, oh, well, we need to give our church, little home church the option. We're either going to come in alignment in the word of God and do it the exact way that God says, or we're not going to do it. And it wasn't from a place of a hard heart. It was just an error. I hadn't seen one scripture that, I, that, that was so true and prophetic over our life. And so we gave this small college church, you know, a bunch of college kids a choice. And we want to keep doing it. We're going to do it God's way. We're going to have a church government. We're going to do it the right way. And they're like, well, actually, we have to drive from Cheney. So we're kind of excited. <laughs> that I'm like, great. Well, we're going to go to the heart of the city. You be blessed. Go find a great church. And, and I've been here ever since. How many of you know that doing life God's way is the best way to do it? I tried it my own way. Anybody else try it their own way? I'm telling you right now, look at all the people who tried their own way. They're here in the seats. When, when, God's, when I was preparing for this, when God speaks to you, I, I think I remember when I was um, new as a Christian, I, I didn't understand what that meant. Like God speaks to you. That didn't make any sense to me. Don't worry, it will. Um, but when you know that God is talking to you and you hear it in this like internal head voice, um, I, I recommend when you know it's God that you go grab a pen and a paper or get out something to jot it down because we oughtn't trust the word of the Lord to our rusty memories. Amen. We ought to write it down because every word matters. And while it might not make sense to you today, I promise it will because his promises are yes and amen. And so when I was prepping for this, I felt like I was getting something from the Lord. And if you'll permit me, I wrote it down so I wouldn't make any mistakes. May I just read it? Okay, cool. And then, and then, and then we'll, we'll get into the preaching. My goal in the next 30 minutes is to settle once and for all from Scripture that you are judiciously free from the penalty of sin. And you are no longer a slave to it. You are completely free to serve God only. You are forgiven of all your sins, and he is pleased with you. He's pleased with you because of Jesus. And the only thing between you and total freedom in Christ are your thoughts about you. When you are saved and in Christ, let me, let me just pause. 
Being saved is like getting married. At what point does the couple become married? It's when their words, I do, are said out loud in front of a witness of people, and it's a reflection of their will to come forward. That's it. It's just your will. So the Bible says, believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. I do. You're saved. One action, very simple. It's a covenant that will never change, and he never messes up his end of the deal. And you might mess it up all the time, and he'll never quit. That's salvation. Okay? So for those of us who are saved and have believed in our heart and confessed with our mouth, I'm telling you right now, the only thing between you and a total life of freedom is your thoughts about you. Because he paid for your freedom. I know that Jesus' heart for every person within the sound of my voice hearing this word is that you would walk in total freedom as full-grown sons and daughters in the faith and you would realize or make real your full potential in him and walk out the good works that he planned in advance for you to do. Oh, how good it would feel to be free. I'm writing this for me too. Imagine living your life every day responding to the flow of the Holy Spirit first rather than the urgent demands of every day pressing you from every side, starving you of your best moments. You feel it's strangling your energy? Or how about the criticisms of others dictating how you ought to be in each moment or what you should say or how you should feel? Imagine living your life in harmony with the Holy Spirit and in every good work that you do, you know that it's born out of a position of freedom rather than the pressure of obligation. Only a free person gets to live like that. There's a huge, I'm riffing now, I'll get back to that, but there's a, a big deal, and I think for this service, there's some people in here especially that you understand, you, you've been a Christian long enough that you know good fruit ought to be in your life and then good works ought to come from your hands. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to do anything. And in fact, I remember <clears throat> I was a pastor for many years and my senior pastor had said, you know, hey, guys on staff, I want you to take your wife on dates. I want to make sure your marriage is healthy. And it was a good instruction. There was a lot of wisdom in that. And I started taking my wife out on these dates. I mean, we were married, you know, I'm t but we didn't have a lot of money as pastors. And it was kind of stressing me out. And I was really doing it because my senior pastor had said this is what we ought to do. And I remember my wife sitting across from me at dinner. We were at an Italian place and she looked at me and she goes, are you even having fun? <clears throat> and I was like, no, I'm kind of, st I'm stressed out. I mean, this is, I can't really, we can't really afford this and da, da, da. And she goes, no, no, no. I mean, with me. Like, are you? Like, are you having fun with me? And I sat there, and I was like, no. The obligation that I have to do this has stolen all the joy out of it. And my wife, who is so wise and has so much courage, she looked at me, she goes, I don't ever want you to have to take me out again unless you want to. And she got to know from every date from there on out, I wanted it. And I was willing to pay whatever price it was and go to any meal because I chose it. The good works you do as a Christian ought to be born out of because you want it. Yeah. Out of response to the great love of God. Yes. Not out of obligation because you think this is what your life ought to look like as a Christian. I would submit to you, man and woman, God, you are a Christian. And so a Christian's life looks like what your life looks like. So make it great because you want to. You ain't got to do anything. He did it all. All right, I'm sorry. I'm not going to riff anymore. I got to get back to this. 
telling you right now, there are husbands and fathers and grandfathers in this place this morning who are about to get free. You're going to get free from constantly wondering where you stand with God. The truth of the gospel is going to make you free. Man of God, you have been free to walk out the remainder of your days co-laboring with Christ. You're not alone. You're no longer a slave to your urges or your anger. You are free. You know, you know that you haven't been perfect. You know that there have been failures and misjudgments and maybe even sins. But Jesus didn't come to make bad people good. He came to make dead people alive. And you are now alive in Christ and you're a new creation. You have judiciously been declared righteous in the sight of God Almighty. Every day with Jesus now is a new chance to build a legacy of faith for you and your family. Man of God, you are freed. <clears throat> married couples in this place this morning, you're going to experience new levels of intimacy and deliverance and harmony because of this truth. And I'll tell you why, because both of you are going to have a new language and understanding between each other about how valuable each of you are in the sight of God. How deeply free you are to pursue God's divine purpose for your union. And there will be more grace and more harmony and less fights and less stress in Jesus name. Because the truth that we're going to cover this morning, it is the truth that makes you free. It is the single truth that disarms the lies of the devil and silences his accusations against you. This truth will empower you to speak life over your spouse and never ever agree again with the lie of the enemy that you've spoken before. This truth will truly empower unity in Christ. Married couple, you are free. There are some wives and mamas and grandmamas in this place this morning. You're about to get free so that you're able to raise your babies and care for your grandbabies the way that you believe the Holy Spirit's directing you. And you're going to be completely free from the judgment and critique of others. The lies of the enemy have tried to silence you and even, and I think this is huge, even scriptures have been used against you out of context. But you are about to bloom into a new level and season of confidence in his grace through this truth. You are not called to be unseen or subservient. No, 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 that is not our God. You are called to pray and to prophesy. And that's in 1 Corinthians, I'll show it to you. You are called, mama. You are anointed. I believe and I've prophesied over this house before and I'll say it again. I believe that there's going to be works of literature and songs and whole workshops and trainings and websites that are going to come out of this house from the empowered women here and that God will use those things that come out of this house to free a generation and release other women into their giftings. Our pastors are walking that out right now in front of our eyes. And let me tell you why it's so important. It's a big deal. Because when you publish something, you paint a huge target on yourself. Anytime you stand up and you proclaim the things of God, people that you have never met and don't know you will have a big opinion about you and they will hate you, but don't worry, they hated him first. But there is a level of deep-rooted confidence the women of this church must have to succeed at the goal they are called to. And I believe we are in a season of the women of this house being installed with fresh confidence. And, and I'm going to speak something I've never spoke yet over here. I believe we need to quit uh, uh, critiquing one another and start speaking life over one another. Instead of comparing one another, we need to lift up one another and encourage us. And, and when we see the work of each other's hands, we need to lift them and say, Sister, that's beautiful. And it, and, and it lifts up Jesus and I encourage you to keep at it. No more comparison in Jesus' name. 
There are some young people in this room this morning and you are battling and you are striving to find your place in this world and Jesus would say to you right now, your place is with me. Sorry, I got kids. You get to be in the world, but you don't got to be of it. Man, sorry. I was thinking about my kiddos. It gets blurry in here. This paper got blurry all of a sudden. <clears throat> he would say to you, you are my son. You are my daughter. And if you let me, I'll empower you to live a life of radical faith. Man, don't you want this for your kids? <laughs> I just want it for my kids so bad. The type of faith... Man, people keep blurring the writing on this. The type of faith and belief where signs follow you around. You don't got to follow signs because you'll follow me and the signs will come after. I'm telling you, man, the young people in this church, I've been so impressed with the quality of their character and who I know that they're going to be. I got to preach to them once before, and man, they are on fire for Jesus. And may it be that people in this house never quench it, but we stoke it, and we fan into flame the gifts in their heart, and we don't critique them or criticize them or contain them, but rather we elevate them like a city on a hill, and we light it and say, this is our God, look what he can do. Young people, that's you. Cast your cares on Jesus, young one, because he cares for you. Walk with him, and he's going to teach you how to live a life in the unforced rhythms of grace. You have been freed because Jesus said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. Just take this remaining 10 minutes we have together. As we've just had such an incredible time of worship, will you anoint us with the oil of your gladness will you fill us with your presence will you call and draw people to you i i ask right now for salvations i ask for people to yield their will to the lord today i ask for christians who have been saints for many years to become truly free and have this be a landmark day on the calendar of their walk of faith that they can look back and go on this day i was free indeed bless you lord god in jesus name Amen. Amen. Well, I'm so sorry I got so uh, emotional. J.O. started it. <laughs> Bro, that was powerful. I mean, who can take David and the giant slayer and just make, I mean, I just got slayed. I was wrecked. That was so good. Um, I want to show you some, some artwork. They're going to put it on the screen so you can see it. This, uh, the artist is Estelle. She's five. <laughs> These are the, uh, if you've ever met my daughter Estelle, she's, um... I mean, look at it. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> you know, and I have hundreds and hundreds of scriptures that I got to choose from in the Bible and the New Testament. There's over 65 about freedom and your freedom in Christ, which is really rooted in the love that God has for you. That's the supply. That's the thing that supplies you with your freedom is his commitment to you. And I had all these things and I was walking out Saturday night and Estelle asked me why this picture was on the fridge and it was on top of the, the, the cat whales. And she, <laughs> she put the cat whales on top. She's like, Dad, this one goes here. I said, what? 
oh, I, like, I like this one. And she's like, no, 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 this one is better. See, subjectively, my daughter believes that the cat whales, or what are those, cat mermaids? Those mermaids? Mercats. I knew someone's going to know what it is. I've been calling them whale cats all day. Mercats. Thank you, sis. Uh, the mercats, right? I mean, and here's the deal. The mercats, in her opinion, are the better form of artwork. They've got the color. I mean, it's clearly a mercat with a happy little guppy fish and a star. Some reason there's a star under the sea. And then, I don't know, starfish. Yeah, somebody got it. Okay, starfish. Fair enough. All right, marine biologist. <laughs> I'm like, why is there a supernova in the ocean? Dirt. We got, babe, we got to check the books. I don't think they're teaching kids right. Um, and then you look at the drawing on the left, which I just absolutely love. And those are not teeth above me. I thought I was being swallowed at first in this. So this is a picture of me. I thought I was being swallowed at first. Those teeth are clouds. And um, there was a sun, but she's like, nah, nah, it's night. So, so she just, she couldn't make the whole page black. So she just blotted out the sun. You know, that's a little apocalyptic, but it's cool. Apparently, I'm wearing some sort of a spandex black jumpsuit, as is my style. I've got, I look like a thumb. I've got hay on top of my head. And that thing below me it, that looks like a tiny thousand mountains, that's grass. That's the grass. And below that is the dirt. And she draws me above the grass because... One of the things that she knew, when she knew at three years old that I was really strong was when she saw me mowing the lawn and I lifted a huge, big, fat bag of grass. And she still talks about that. And that is true, guys, about me. I can lift the whole mower bag by myself. And she... Thank you. It's a big mower, too. So it's not a joke. It's not one of the push ones. It's It's a rider, and I can lift it. And she saw me lift this huge bag of grass. And you can just imagine, you know, from her perspective, I'm dumping out. I mean, I was probably, like, just ripped. I was probably sweating. And uh, the, the grass is coming out. And she's like, whoa, he's moving the land. Look at him go. I don't think my wife sees it that way, but she did. And so there she, she drew me. I'm the lord of the grass, just hovering over all I survey, master and commander of my destiny. So strong. But yet she believes this is her best work, mercats. And I would submit to you the reason she believes that this is her best work is because it looks so much more polished. But can I tell you as a father, the thing I love the most is this mess right here. Not because it's about me. In fact, I keep every drawing even if it's about Juliet. That's my oldest daughter, Juliet. You can tell because the glasses. I keep every drawing. Why? Subjectively, there's someone that probably gets paid $20,000 a year, which is not a lot, but they draw these, and they're probably a professional artist. They go to their day job, and they're like, oh, great, i got to draw more mercats. And they probably have a whole body of work, and they're a real artist. And my daughter, subjectively, though she's not Simon Cowell, she's like, listen, Dad, this one's much better. But as a dad, I'm like, no, it's not. I love this mess. Why? Because it came from your own hand, from your own heart, and your own head. And to me, this is the best looking thing I've ever seen. And the mercats can go somewhere else. I don't even like them. Because 
whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And in this, she's free. She's free to pick the colors. She's free to make a few choices, but she's got to live by the template of somebody else. But in this picture, she's free indeed. And while you may say that the other one looks more polished and looks better, this one, my daughter, is free indeed. Because she had a blank page and she could make whatever she wanted. And I love it. And I love it. And listen, as the young artist, she realized, she's like, well, Dad, the Mercat, I had so many other colors. I had access to my full arsenal of crayons from the Mercats. And I only had a pen. And some of you look at the expression of your life before the Lord, and to you it looks like scribbles. But you got to remember you had one resource sometimes, and you did the best you knew how to do. And you're messing around looking at other people's life that have access to a full box of crayons, man. And they got reps in and, and they've drawn many drawings. And you're looking at your life and you're like, man, I got one color and this doesn't look anything like what I thought it was going to look like. And the father's going to mess around and hang it on his fridge. Because he loves you. He loves you. And to you it scribbles because you knew the picture in your head. But to a father... Father, and anything you make of yourself is glorious to him. Don't spend another day living by the template of somebody else's life and filling in the shapes and colors. You are meant to build your life as a co-laborer with Christ. Don't quit. Don't quit. I know it doesn't look like sometimes the thing that was in your head, the worst thing you can do is stop. Because the next one is going to be a little bit better. Look at all the oranges. You're going to get a little more resources sometime. You're going to have a little better community one day. You're going to have different people in your life one day. And the drawings are going to get better and better and better and better and better. And yeah, I know she's not Rembrandt, but she's my kid. And I love it. I'm going to tell you right now, for some of you, you've spent your whole life being ashamed of your scribbles. And he's just proud that you're drawing. You're still at it. You're still at it. You are free. The thing that will drag you back the fastest and take you back the furthest is when you compare yourself and your life's work and the expression of your life to somebody else who's been at it for a long time. Come on, man. And I'm here to tell you right now, as we wrap up, this right here, the little artist that keeps at it like this, will always end up more proficient, more spectacular, and more stunning than the artist that always plays around here and ends up buying adult coloring books. Because they're always working off of somebody else's constraints. Don't compare your life to mine. And I won't compare mine to yours. And together we're going to draw some stuff that nobody's ever seen. Priceless. Priceless. Come on, priceless. Man, there are women in this room that you have written. I'm telling you, I feel this. I sense it in my soul. Women of the heart, you've written two and three chapters of your book, and you're like, it's not Beth Moore. I'm out. It's not good enough. 
maybe I shouldn't write that. You know, my mom's still alive. I don't want to embarrass her. I'm sharing my testimony, but what if, what if I dishonor them? What, what would they think of me? And so you take the expression of your life, and Jesus wants to partner you with you in ministry, and you put it away because you call it scribbles, and he calls it art. You call it scribbles. You know what? I have seen people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for stuff that looks almost like this. <laughs> and so what scribbles to you might be life-saving grace and artwork to somebody else. You got to draw. You got to keep at it. And I know sometimes your life doesn't look like what you want it to look like, but don't you quit. You are free. He's not critiquing you. He's not critiquing the product of your life. There's a scripture, put it up in 1 Peter, and I'm gonna close with this, and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to be free in Christ. It says, be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. Close your eyes. I know this feels like a tangent, but hear me out, give me one minute to wrap it up. Many of you who have been saved for many years the thing that's holding you back from freedom the most is the critical voice in your head and you think it might be God or it's Christians you respect. And I'm here to tell you that there is only one real lion. It's the lion of Judah and his last words were already spoken over you at the cross and it was, it is finished, fulfilled, paid in full. He settled your worth on the cross when he traded his own life. That's what you're worth. And yet there's all these voices of people you respect. And there's all these voices in your head telling you, you couldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. Maybe it's not accurate. You don't really live that way all the time. I'm here to tell you, I think that's the devil prowling around like a lion, trying to imitate the voice of God. But the lion of Judah has already spoken over you. Don't let the counterfeit lion scare you. You silence that voice. And if people want to speak that death over you, you can silence them too. You don't receive it. You're a child of the most high God. There is a ministry in you that cannot be contained. You are a blank page. And what you and God create together, there will be nothing like it. I promise you. That is our God. If you want to meet Jesus today and your heart's pounding, you know it's you. You know he's calling you. Everyone's eyes are closed. No one's looking around. I'm going to give you an opportunity in just a moment. And just like a wedding, all you got to do is slip up your hand, look at me and say, I do. You got to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. And in that moment, none of your sins will be counted against you for the rest of your life. You will be with all of us in eternity in heaven. We're going to do this in just a moment. I know there's more than one. Jesus is calling you. The price is paid. Some of you are like a, you feel like you're an escaped convict and, and you're looking over your shoulder because you got out of prison, but really you're a released prisoner that's been judicially let out. You ain't got to look over your shoulder no more. That's the difference between free and free indeed. You got your pardon. You got your papers. No one's going to put you back in that cell. In just a minute, in the sound of my voice, raise your hand if you want to know Jesus on the count of three. One, 
two, three. If you want to be Jesus for the first time, slip up your hand. Come on. I know you're in here. I know you're in here. Where are you at? One. Come on. I know you're in here. Two. I know you're in here. Three. Come on. Somebody else. There's somebody else. Four. Thank you. Five. Come on. It's your moment. It's your moment. It's your moment. Don't miss it. Don't miss it in Jesus' name. Come on. Anybody else? Do we get that? Six. Right back there. Six. Come on. You too, brother? You too? Glory. Come on. Heart of the City Church, you give the Lord a hand. We got six new saints. We got six new saints. Six new saints. You want a brother? Come on. If you've been a Christian for many years and you've only been free, but you want to experience free indeed, keep your eyes closed. I want to pray over you because it's a decision. The only thing between you and full life and freedom in Christ is your own thoughts about you. You got to free yourself. You want to be free from what other people think? Then you just recite that scripture. I can only please God or man. Choose one. You live your life for Jesus and Jesus alone. You think about the disciple who said, Jesus, I want to follow you. We've got to bury your dad. And Jesus says, let the dead bury the dead. Imagine that family. Oh, how unloving is Jesus. You follow Jesus. I'm here to tell you right now that there is only one opinion in this universe about your life that should matter to you. And he's thrilled about you. He's crazy about you. If you want to be free and live every day like that, will you slip up your hand right now? I want to pray over you. If you want to be free indeed, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, two, three. I mean, over 40, 50, 60. Come on, hallelujah. Let's pray together. Will you stand to your feet? We're going to sing a little bit at the end. Can you just sing over us after I pray? Father, right now, I thank you for being free indeed. It's so cool that we have a church that doesn't need to control us, that doesn't need to manifest all the different expressions of ministry, but will let us off the hook so that we can go proclaim forgiveness to this city. I'm telling you right now, there is a ministry, there are good works that have been planned for you to walk in them. You just got to step up. I'm praying right now, full freedom in your consciousness that no more will that critique voice, that false roaring lion get to you. You silence him in Jesus' name. You look him right dead in the face and says, greater is he that is in me than you that are in the world. I am free. I bless this church in Jesus' name.